1: Hi everyone, I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm your host for Born to Be Breastfed, where every week we debunk the myths and clarify the facts about breastfeeding. And today I would like to wish everyone a happy Veterans Day. And along with that, I would like to introduce to you my guests, and that would be Carrie Haravich and Amanda Dodson. Carrie, Amanda, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having
2: us. Thanks, Marie. Glad to be here.
1: Some of you may remember hearing from Carrie Horavich earlier. She was with us, I believe, in May. Uh, She is a donor certified postpartum doula currently serving in the Los Angeles area in California. Carrie began her postpartum doula career in 2013 and has made it her mission to support military families, families with working parents, and families with little of their own extended family available to assist after a birth. Carrie graduated from the United States Military Academy in 2004 and was commissioned as a second lieutenant in the Army's Corps of Engineers. While on active duty, she served at Fort Bragg, North Carolina, Afghanistan, Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri, Iraq, Fort Knox, Kentucky, and she has also earned a Master's in Engineering Management. After active duty, she transitioned to the Army Reserves, where she continues to serve. Carrie's spouse of 13 years is on active duty with the Army. So, hopefully you remember that Carrie was a wonderful guest last time, and I'm sure you'll enjoy her just as much this time, along with Amanda Dodson. Amanda also is a donor-certified doula and a hypnobirthing educator. Her passion to help service members and their family during pregnancy and beyond inspired her to found the Japan Birth Resource Network. In order to coordinate and provide training and support for local area doulas, Amanda opened the Okinawa Birth Education Center. As a military spouse of 21 years, she has spent 13 years living overseas with her husband of 21 years and their three children, two of which were born in Okinawa. Amanda was voted 2016 AFI Spouse of the Year for Marine Corps-based, I think it's South Dakota.
2: It's just SD Butler. SD (laughs) Butler.
1: (laughs) <laughs> Butler Okinawa, Japan, for her important contributions and unwavering commitment to the military community and our country. She is the co-founder and president of the Military Birth Resource Network, but she also owns her own business, and that is Oceanside Hypnobirthing and Doula Services. She is also an Army veteran, and she served the Kansas Army National Guard. So, ladies, uh, I have to tell you, this is real exciting because we've talked to military people, I would say, probably every year in November since I started the show in 2013. We have talked to several doulas, but we haven't talked to military doulas. So, I'd like to just start by asking... If there were one thing, if there were one thing that makes it the most different to be a military doula as opposed to a civilian doula, what would it be? Carrie, you want to start us off?
2: Sure. I guess the biggest thing would just be um, the the constant movement um it's hard to grow a service-based business when we have to up and root our entire business and all of the contacts we've made uh every well <laughs> between every year to every four to five years yes. um you know so uh, as, as it's such a relationship business um <laughs> we, we yes. re- yeah right so we rely on um on word of mouth for our service. And when you go to a brand new place, uh, especially for Amanda's case, completely on the other side of the world, uh, that word of mouth may not be as easy to receive as it is if you were you know, able to stay in your neighborhood.
1: Oh, I think you just nailed it with relationship business, relationship service. Amanda, uh, did you want to add to that or deny that or what?
3: Oh, I, that's exactly what I was th- going to say really because um having such an established business overseas for seven years this last time um coming back to the states and getting reestablished was probably one of the hardest things that I've really ever had to do when it comes to you know transitioning and business wise because you you are such a solid rock in your community you've built that clientele you've built that relationship and having to come here to North Carolina, basically start from scratch again and, you know, just beginning that over, uh, it was a really, it was, it's really taken some time to get really. Well, you're starting again. really
1: from scratch, uh, yes. literally, literally the ground up in your case coming from halfway around the world. Uh, help me with this too, because I, I get this question often, what is a doula and we need to know what a doula is, but there are different types of doulas. So who wants to field that one? I'll, I mean, I'll start off with the birth sure. part, because sure. that's more sure, sure. what
3: I am familiar with. I know Carrie has uh, a lot more experience in the postpartum area. Okay, but, uh, I, I am a birth doula, so I support women and families physically, emotionally, informationally with evidence-based information. I don't do anything. Uh, I, I don't provide any medical support. I don't provide, you know, any kind of medical advice. I'm there for families to help them make informed decisions about their care. I'm there to help them through that period, whether it's they, when they hire me at nine weeks or if it's 39 weeks. I'm not, I, I want my families to have a
1: positive birth experience. Absolutely. And I noticed that you do hypnobirthing and we had a show on that. And of course, anybody oh, yeah. who knows anything about me knows I am all about hypnosis. The first time that I saw a woman labor with hypnosis, it was just uh, it was mind blowing for me. But uh, so, Carrie, I think that means that it comes to you, which is you are a postpartum doula. Yes, correct. Yep. So, So what does a postpartum doula do?
2: So uh a lot of the same same things that Amanda said um providing that evidence based support um providing physical support emotional support uh really just supporting the family. So on the postpartum side I uh I essentially my elevator pitch is kind of that I provide uh in-home support to families with new babies. So whether those uh newborn is um especially on this type of a show it kind of implies a certain age um and I can support families much longer than just that, you know, essentially that first month of newborn, the newborn phase. Um, uh, but that is that is kind of the primary time we support. So as postpartum doulas, uh, there's other uh, afterbirth support personnel that provide in-home support. And I think the biggest way that postpartum doulas differ from those is we, we are trained and educated and for the most part experienced in providing a full range of support to the entire family. So if it's, for example, a family welcoming a second child, um, I would be capable of an, an educated experience in providing support to that new sibling uh, as well as the, the, uh, the birthing partner. Um, and then to, uh, to the other, you know, if there's another partner or if there's another family member, another caregiver in the home, I am just as, you know, they're, they're going through something too, uh, as they welcome Absolutely. this new child. And so as the postpartum doula, we help nurture that whole family mm-hmm. um, and not just focusing on for say the newborn or the, the birth partner.
1: Do you do a little cooking and that sort of thing as well? Oh,
2: I sure do. That's one of my favorite parts yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah so we're like to, to, to back up a little bit on the definition, we're kind of like uh you know the mother or the grandmother of old or in some other cultures the the you know the um kind of the women of the tribe that come in and help take care of that 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 birth partner that mom that just gave birth um uh, so in our, especially in our transient lifestyle in the military, but and even in just kind of the way we live in the United States, uh, families don't always give birth next to, or even no, <laughs> in the same state no, as their immediate the family. State. Right.
1: Totally, totally agree. So, and, and just to be, sh- be clear, there's also such a thing as a, um, uh, I believe it's called a death, du- a bereavement doula and, uh, You might have already heard my episode with Amy Wright Glenn, and that's basically what she does, but she also does the birth piece. All right, so let's talk a little bit about uh, the military community. Uh, I sort of saw the military community from afar. That is, my father-in-law was professional military, but he was retired by the time that my husband and I got together. However, his sister and brother-in-law were in the military when we got married, so I kind of a little bit get it. I've noticed, for instance, that uh, things like the birthday party or the baby's baptism or the whatever, uh Sometimes the military spouse is not there to celebrate on the day that maybe the rest of us thought was the appropriate celebration day, that sort of thing. But talk to us a little bit about how the military community is different and how you as a doula fit into that in a good way.
3: Well, I definitely see see military families, I think one of the biggest challenges that we face is establishing relationships with other spouses in the community when we get to our next duty station because mm-hmm. we are moving every I've seen people oh, trans, you know every one two three four years having to it doesn't matter if you're expecting or if you have four or five kids or it, it does matter it's just when you get to that next duty station you're having to really hit the ground running and that we don't always have time to get in and build that community and uh, that's kind of where I've seen a lot of um, support needing to happen, especially for expecting families on my part, because uh, there were times when I would get an expecting family that would land on the island at 34, or 35 weeks pregnant, and they're busy getting settled into their house. We're trying to find a house. They have to get their driver's license to set up. They're, they're starting their homes from scratch again, too, and prenatal care is while it is needed, and they do get into their doctors, they don't know what resources are going to be available for them. Absolutely. So, so as a doula, I really found that a necessity to be able to provide a group uh, where people can just get in and get connected and find. You know, where, where's the best chiropractor? Where can I get a massage? Where, where can I... Yeah, um, the dentist
1: or the whoever, yeah. Right,
3: right. And get connected with other moms that are going through the exact same thing that we are.
1: You know, well, it must be because I live in the greater Washington, D.C. area, I'm not sure. But it so happens that in my office at the moment, there is not one, not two, not three, but four military spouses... In my my office, on my team. And uh, that would be a really good time for me to say, uh, I don't know, it might have been a year or so ago, when they all came to me and said, can we offer a military discount for your uh, comprehensive lactation course? And I said, "Uh, sure, how are we going to do that exactly? And uh, one of them said, well... We'd probably have to do it over the phone because we'd have to make sure that they really are military, but we could do that. I said, mm-hmm. okay. And so we did it. And, and by the way, Linda, whose um, husband has long since been deceased, uh, but uh, she was a military spouse as well when they were young. So, you know, we get a big dose of that and understanding, I guess, that... Uh, I hear these stories about what they've experienced in the hospital with their birthing. And it's like, bleh, you know, uh, are military hospitals like that? And the answer is no, because not all of them had uh, bad experiences. Right. But uh, tell me a little bit about how you, for lack of a better word, connect with the hospital. I'm guessing that it's not always the military hospital. Sometimes it's the civilian hospital. How's that work?
3: Right. So in my my experience, because of living overseas, it has been a military hospital. Uh, oh, it's, oh, right, it's, right. We, we only really had one option, um, unless you wanted to go out in town, but that's another story for another time. But uh, when we get to base, it's it's building, it's this education. I mean, really finding that somebody that's going to get on your team and, and maybe they've had really, really good experiences with uh, doulas. Maybe they've come from a duty station that they worked really well with doulas. And getting them on your team and helping to start networking within labor and delivery, sitting down and talking to the command and the staff and educating them on how we can be an asset to their team. That We're not there to take their place. We're not there
1: to uh, do crazy stuff. Right. Yes. Right. Right. Amanda, before we go to break, I would be real curious. Typically, how soon does the expecting family call you and say, hey, Amanda, we want to hire you? Like, where are they in gestation? Uh, out here?
3: It's been yeah. around 24,
1: 25 weeks. Okay. You are, you are still at this moment in Okinawa? No, I'm in North Carolina. Oh, That's okay. The <laughs> well, you, you just...
4: <laughs> oh, no, I'm no, here, I'm here on, on the East
1: Coast. coast. It's okay. I'm thinking, wow, how'd we get all the timing to work here today? But anyway. Okay. Um, So somewhere um, after the 25 Weeks uh, neighborhood.
3: Okay. Yes,
1: yes, yes.
3: That's when... uh, uh, right, right here, this is where I've kind of been, had moms uh, reach out to me. The earliest I've kind of been hired back in Okinawa, I would
1: get them as early as nine, ten weeks. But oh, not
3: so much here. Not,
1: not so, so much, much here. here. Uh, hey, everybody. On the other side of the break, we're going to ask about the idea of reimbursement and other such issues. So don't go away. I will be back with Amanda Dodson and Carrie Haravich right after this break.
4: Do you need breastfeeding training for your hospital staff? Maybe
6: you need to offer all 15 sessions to meet the baby-friendly requirements. Or perhaps you need just a few sessions.
4: Check out Marie's new course, Best Practices for Breastfeeding Management. It's perfect for improving your exclusive breastfeeding rates and helping staff earn contact hours.
6: You know Marie will focus on the clinical outcomes, not just the training process.
4: Marie's course offers the ultimate in flexibility and convenience. It's online 24-7, so staff can study at their own pace.
6: You can use the course for all of your staff or just your newly hired staff. And Marie offers a tracking report so you can tell who has started or finished.
4: Best of all, staff can print out their own certificate when they finish. Don't
6: waste another minute trying to develop your own course.
4: Trust America's leading breastfeeding educator to provide staff training that works.
6: Call Marie today at 703-787-9894. 703-787-9894. And ask for your bulk discount relationship issues anxious parenting challenges no more learn how to live your best life tune into straight talk with top psychotherapist relationship and anxiety expert sandra Reish. in this program you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions whether it's relationships
0: Was your breastfeeding experience stressful or challenging? Did you face an unusual obstacle and go on to meet your goals? If so, we'd like to hear from you, and so would other mothers. Email radio at borntobebreastfed.com to see if you can be Marie's next guest.
1: I'm Marie Cuzo. I'm here today with Amanda Dodson and Carrie Haravich, both military doulas. And I'd just like to say thank you for listening. And also, if you could please tell your friends, because as these women have told us today, sometimes it's really hard for people to get information and support, especially when it might be their first baby. So if you found this helpful. Please tell your friends. And I would also like to say that although you get to hear me all the time, I don't get to hear you and I don't get to see you. So I would like to change that. I'd like to meet you in person. If you've ever had even the remotest interest in becoming an International Board Certified Lactation Consultant, there's no time like now and there's no place like sunny, fun-filled Orlando. I will be there giving my comprehensive lactation course And you can sign up. If you want your military discount, you do have to call us. That is, to my knowledge, not yet available on the website. But call us. Here's our number. It's 703-787-9894. And there's a high probability that you will be talking to someone who, in fact, is herself a military spouse. If you want that discount, please just let us know. Also, remember, you can come before the course or stay late or bring the family and go to Disney World or whatever you want to do. And if you can't make it to Orlando, like maybe you live in Okinawa, uh, just remember you can get my online course that also fulfills those 90 hours of uh, required academic hours in order to fulfill your IBCLC credential as well. So, just keep that in mind. So, um, I think, Amanda, I think probably you're the one who can answer this, or maybe not, maybe you both can, on reimbursement. I get this all the time when I say to people, have you considered hiring a doula? Oh, that's too much money. I'm thinking, hmm, Wait till you end up buying formula. You're going to think that's a lot of money too. <laughs> right. Uh, there is unquestionably, there is unquestionably a link between having a support person and having continued breastfeeding. And we have known that since 1972 with Kennel and Kloss. And we keep going over the same information, which is, this is true, but people still don't hire a doula. So how does the reimbursement bit work? And particularly, how does it work if you have Tricare? It doesn't it currently doesn't. at this time. They
3: <laughs> oh. <laughs> they Oops. do not offer reimbursement for doulas, okay.
1: unfortunately. Okay, so for either labor birth doulas or postpartum doulas, postpartum. Okay. All right, so at least in your neighborhood, and you are on the opposite coasts, Carrie, I believe that you're in California, and I just figured out that Amanda really is on the East Coast in North Carolina. (laughs) Um, Yeah, Sorry about that one. Uh, uh, I realize it would depend on the particular person and how long you hired her for and so forth, but can you give us a ballpark figure of what kind of money we're talking here? In my area? Average is
3: about $650, 700 for a birth doula.
2: Okay. On the yeah, postpartum yeah. side, generally speaking, postpartum doulas um, have an hourly rate. And sometimes that can change depending on the number of contracted hours. But in this area, um, it de- depending on a lot of different factors, special certifications and qualifications and years of experience, but generally in this area, you're looking between $30 to $45 an hour. And i'm in Los I'm in Los Angeles, and uh, so we are very much an expensive market for uh, for that compared to the <laughs> a, a lot of the rest of the country.
1: Carrie, uh, when you say by the hour, so if you come to my house and you're my postpartum doula, are you going to stay all day long, or do you stay all night, or how does that work?
2: And you know, Maria, it absolutely depends on the family. It depends yeah. on the circumstance. Um, So if we're working with a family of multiples, we may be um, that that may be a lot more hours. We may be there um, for several hours throughout the day. If we're working with a, you know, maybe a a singleton second time mom, she may just be wanting a little bit of check in. So maybe we're only there for an hour or two to make sure feeding is going well and to maybe give give her a little bit of uh, a mental break. She can go take a shower or we prepare a meal or something like that. So it really, truly all depends. Um, I think kind of the general practice in the postpartum world is we often um, we often have kind of what we would consider our standard daytime um, visit, and that, that completely varies by person. I am, I'm a little bit of an anomaly from the rest of the community and how I do daytime visits. Um, but then I think all of us, for the most part, when we do overnight visits, we have some sort of stipulation on um, we require a specific number of hours for overnight visits. Oh, I see. Um, and and that's for a couple of different reasons. One, honestly, is for the doula's safety. Um, we don't want to be showing up at two in the morning and leaving at five in the morning, and not right. knowing where to park and how to safely Absolutely. get to and from the house, and right. you know those types of things. Um, yeah, but it. then, yeah. But then also, it's you know we want to if we're doing overnight support, we're there to help the family get a little bit of sleep. So, <laughs> doing okay. a two two hour shift at night isn't uh, conducive to a lot of overnight sleep. So,
1: for either one of you. If I asked a family member, maybe the mother, maybe somebody else in the family, uh, Carrie, let me start with you. If I asked them, what is the biggest value that you've gotten from getting a postpartum doula, what would they give me as an answer?
2: Um, For a first-time family, I would say probably breastfeeding support, feeding support in my Yeah. Really? Yeah. With a close second being uh, just reassurance that, um, you know, (laughs) as first time moms, I was once myself, um, we either Google everything or we question everything. Oh, my baby sneezed. Is that okay? And so having someone kind of there on standby to say, yes, sneezing is okay. You know, just that type of quick and easy reassurance. Um, I (laughs) I, want
1: to go back to the breastfeeding support thing.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, I'll tell you why, because I I totally believe that. Uh, Since 1962, we have had studies that show that feeding, even if it's bottle feeding, is still the number one question that mothers have as new mothers. So breastfeeding, bottle feeding, we got that. But what surprises me is that we get very, very few doulas through my lactation course. And I don't know if that's just because they've got their hands full doing what they're doing or if they think they already know what there is to know of. And I would not expect them to have an in-depth knowledge, but I would hope that they would have, you know, better than just Google. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, how about you, Amanda? Uh, if I asked your families, what was the best part of having Amanda as your uh, labor doula? Excuse me, you call yourself birth doula. No, that um, works, yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> Uh, what would they tell me, most of them?
3: That they value my continual support and my presence in the room.
4: Uh-huh. Because
3: I'm, I'm going to be that person that's there from the beginning till after a baby is born, in the middle of changing shifts, if their spouse is deployed, if oh, they have other right. family members there. I'm going to be the one in there to support them through it all.
1: Amanda, give us a little bit of an idea of what was it like to show up in Okinawa and say, oh, maybe I should start something new and different here. Clearly, you must have seen a need, but you had to have had guts, girl. I just don't know if I could just come out of nowhere. And and how'd you do that? by chance, it, it really just it,
3: I, I didn't honestly okay. I did not I did not go over there with an intention of starting anything, um, doing any of this. I just went over there with what knowledge I had and with my certification and just kind of hit the ground running. I when I had arrived, there was one other certified doula on the island, and there had been, I think, a, just another transition of doulas that had left because of PCS season. Everybody moves, and there was. Wait, 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 wait a minute.
1: What's PCS?
3: <laughs> it's a uh, your your change of duty stations. You're Got you're it. moving. Yes. Got it.
1: Yes.
3: Got it. So okay. um, when I arrived, there was one doula that had been there for probably a few years and some other ladies who were either in training to become a doula or maybe they were just curious about it Uh, the one doula that was certified ended up moving as well and I was the only certified doula on island at the time now overseas they were delivering about 100 babies a month so there is a very big community in the hospital where they're having babies they call it the two baby tour Overseas in Okinawa. So um, (laughs) we we just these women, we all just kind of pulled together and we started developing monthly just mom meetings, talking about pregnancy, talking about birth plans. And uh, the base kind of caught wind of it. That we were doing this in their facility and they were like, you need to become a private organization. Well, oh, I had mother. no idea on what that meant. Here um, we go. Yeah. Bylaws, all that kind of stuff. Fortunately, I had an amazing uh, mentor in California, uh, Jerry Ryan. She really helped me uh, get that paperwork With bylaws and everything established, and we submitted the paperwork and had some, you know, right people in the right place at the right time, and we were approved to operate aboard um, Camp Foster as a private organization. And then from then, it just continued growing and growing. We had doula trainings over there. Again, I, I did not have an intention of kind of leading any of that. I just, somebody had to do it. I, I had to figure it out. Uh, <laughs> yes. I honestly didn't have any, a whole, well, I didn't have a whole lot of support because, you know, being overseas, he, I didn't have, I had my mentor, but she was in the States and sometimes differences was kind of oh, difficult. That-
1: You know, I'm chuckling because I'm thinking, how many of those things have I walked into myself where it's like, uh, nobody's doing this. I don't know anything about it, but I'm somebody, so I guess I better figure it out. Was it kind of felt like
3: that? Yeah. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Somebody's got to do it. There is a need. These moms, they soaked it up. These parents, they soaked it up, and it grew. And we started doing a lot of baby shower or birth and baby fairs. We started having doula trainings, training doulas to you know, bring more doulas on the island, because I can't, I could not do it for everybody. I was doing right. four or five, right. six births a month, and it was just getting to be too much, and we just needed to get some more doulas on island, so. So, that's...
1: would you say that you were serving only the military population, Amanda? Initially, yes. Initially,
3: yes. Okay. But what we started to find is that there were a lot of foreigners that were coming yeah. down uh, from different countries, and because they had a, a like a, Institute or like a college out in Okinawa and I noticed they started reaching out to us for doula support. So we started venturing off base a little bit and supporting as a doula out in town at the Japanese hospitals.
1: In the civilian hospitals then? Yeah, correct. And did you have or or do you now have any experience with doing in-home births? How does that work? Home births was not a popular thing over
3: At least in Okinawa, so uh, language barriers, I I only got to do one, uh, but yeah, that really wasn't a thing, and it really kind of isn't too much right now,
1: still. Uh (laughs) Yeah, wow. Um, Carrie, how do you, Amanda already just helped us to understand that there are some things that the military just doesn't let you do. So, in your role as a postpartum doula, how do you advertise your services? Or is it just, although you're out of the military, you're both out of the military now, right? Yes. Okay. So, now you can kind of do whatever you want to do. But, uh, how could you have imagined yourself advertising? Or would you have just kind of done elbow to elbow with the mothers the way that Amanda is describing?
2: I didn't really think about the marketing side of it. I have zero education in like advertising marketing. Um, so I didn't think about how that was going to go when I first started. When I started dual work, we were living in Charlottesville, Virginia. And though there is a small contingent, uh, there's a, the, the uh, JAG school, the school for lawyers is, is also, yeah, it's also there in Charlottesville, but it's, uh, it's pretty small. And they're there strictly focused on, on becoming JAGs. Um, so there's not a huge military presence in Charlottesville, though it's not too far from DC. And I just knew that I wanted to provide this support for our, you know, for our transient lifestyle after families had, the, had their babies. Yeah. And I didn't at all think about how I was gonna get clients. I, I probably should have because our next duty station was extremely small and not many folks even in the area knew of postpartum doulas. Um, they knew of they knew of birth and labor doulas but not uh, not postpartum. Yeah. So I I didn't really think too hard about how I was going to how I was going to do that. So um you know it was great I ended up stumbling into um to several different opportunities uh, just Mainly through the the posts and bases that we've been associated with, there's uh, there are a lot of uh, different options for military families uh, after birth. Um, in the Army, we call it the New Parent Support Group. Um, I think that's the same for the Air Force. I'm not sure Amanda could speak to Marines um, and and possibly Navy. Um, but that resource is not available at all installations, and oh. it's, um, it's 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 uh, they there for the most part. They are um, social work uh, social work uh, educated. Uh, people that do the job, and they do uh, kind of a once or twice home visit after birth, just to just to help families. But you have to register for that, and there's a lot of hoops you have to go through even to get that service, even though it's free and provided by by the at least in this case uh, through the army through the army base. Um, so it's uh, <laughs> there's still barriers to to all of those. Um, But I've ended up, you know, being able to connect with those and then kind of like Amanda referenced earlier with uh, linking up with hospitals and stuff. Since I work in the postpartum, side, it's not necessarily, uh, I don't find it as necessary for me to go to hospitals, but I need to go to other providers, uh, IBCLCs or pediatricians, even trying to link up with uh, OBs and midwives. Um, And then these other resources that um, provide support in, in the afterbirth period after babies are born.
1: Yes, yes, I would think so. Hey, everybody, do not go away. Uh, I'm Marie Biancuzo. I'm here today with Amanda Dodson and Carrie Harevich, and we will be right back after this short break.
5: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward
6: slash Voice America.
4: Do you need breastfeeding training for your hospital staff?
6: Maybe you need to offer all 15 sessions to meet the baby-friendly requirements, or perhaps you need just a few sessions.
4: Check out Marie's new course, Best Practices for Breastfeeding Management. It's perfect for improving your exclusive breastfeeding rates and helping staff earn contact hours.
6: You know Marie will focus on the clinical outcomes, not just the training process.
4: Marie's course offers the ultimate in flexibility and convenience. It's online 24-7, so staff can study at their own pace.
6: You can use the course for all of your staff Or just your newly hired staff. And Marie offers a tracking report so you can tell who has started or finished.
4: Best of all, staff can print out their own certificate when they finish.
6: Don't waste another minute trying to develop your own course.
4: Trust America's leading breastfeeding educator to provide staff training that works.
6: Call Marie today at 703-787-9894. 703-787-9894. And ask for your bulk discount. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel.
0: Was your breastfeeding experience stressful or challenging? Did you face an unusual obstacle and go on to meet your goals? If so, we'd like to hear from you, and so would other mothers. Email radio at borntobebreastfed.com to see if you can be Marie's next guest.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I'm Marie Biancuzo. If you're looking for me, it's M-A-R-I-E-B-I-A-N-C-U-Z-Z-O dot com. There you will find this podcast. You will find my blog, three minutes, twice a week, easy read, as well as multiple other things. But uh, I want to ask, I think, maybe uh, Amanda... Tell us a little bit about having babies in the military community. Now, there are some things we can kind of figure out for ourselves. Deployment is going to make it very different. But what else makes uh, the experience different if you are a military spouse? And by the way, this show airs in, I think, like 187 different countries, something like that. So I'm pretty sure that we have got military people who are listening to this and who might be pregnant and might be wondering about those things. I also just want to give a little plug for that uh, episode that we did, uh, Carrie and I did together talking about TRICARE and the whole idea of what TRICARE will cover as related to donor human milk. Now, that's another whole topic, and Carrie's already covered it, but um, what can you tell us about having babies being a military spouse? How is it different?
3: Well, I think it's going to vary from duty station to duty station because some duty stations, you're going to go, if you're going overseas, you're not always going to have access to an American military hospital. Some places you're going to have to go off base and experience the culture and their birthing system that is different. That can be a very daunting thing, especially if you if you, if it's your first baby. So yes. we had that experience over in Japan. I know over in Europe they are running into that a little bit too. Here Hello, in the state, a doula, right? <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> yes. Plug in for the doulas and yes. for a doula as well. But yes, even the support in those communities are even more needed just because um if you don't speak the language if you don't know their their customs it can be a very um it can be a very good experience where it can be a kind of a scary experience but here in the states uh kind of maybe the same thing too if you're from let's say texas and you've never left that area and now you're going to a smaller community i would say here in even north carolina Just your options can be very limited, and that can be a little uh, daunting as well. Just because if, if the base is full, they can accept you. You're going out in town. There's a lot of different options. Maybe in like D.C. and even out in California. When we were stationed out there, I mean, you had home birth, you had birth centers, you had civilian hospitals, you had military hospitals. Here where we're at, yes, you can have a home birth, but there's only two C&Ms in our area, and there's base hospital, but if you want to travel, and I just recently learned, like, if a mother wants to have a VBAC, vaginal birth after cesarean, Cesarian, she yep. would have to go to um, one of, if she can't be seen on base, if they're full or at capacity, there's only one hospital, well, two hospitals within our area that will accept VVACs, and they have to travel. I, I recently served a family that traveled 80 miles to go oh.
1: and have their VVAC. So, I'm thinking that at the very least, the mother needs to raise a lot of questions and explore both the options that do yes. and do not exist. Correct. And I am thinking that the doula would be a mountain of knowledge for that. Am I right? Well, yes, when we get to our community,
3: that's one of our, our goals yeah. is to get in there and find our resources and bring this yeah. together. So when people come to us and talk to us, we we'll are like, yes, we can show oh. you our IBCLCs. We can connect you with our postpartum Dolos in the community. And some of those things that we don't always get to see
2: online. Uh, right, exactly. Uh, uh, Carrie, a- anything you want to add there? Yeah, the one thing that I will say, though, Marie, that um, just since we're military folks is um, Yeah. The military community is pretty awesome. Military spouses are pretty amazing. Um, they, you know, the, the whole thing, family, like friends, I feel like generated from the military. Really? Oh yeah. If a, if a spouse shows up pregnant, whether she's, you know, she's telling people and she's 11 weeks pregnant or she's like 41 weeks pregnant, her, uh, those spouses nearby, if they are able, you know, physically able, time able, they are going to jump in and be that missing family. Um, So military spouses are pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, having, when we lived in DC, we lived in the neighborhood and fortunately there you're surrounded by military as well, but Mm -hmm. there's a different feel when, and I bet Amanda can speak to that too, living on a military base overseas, but there's just a different feel um, when a baby comes around and you're surrounded by military spouses. You, um, as a postpartum doula, I certainly offer the The professional side of it, Um, but the meals start flowing, and uh, let me babysit your other kid. Let me. Do you want want to go for a walk? Do you want to come over for coffee? So that support is um, is just phenomenal, and I think that's one thing that kind of separates military families and military births maybe from our from the civilian counterparts. Um, It's just that that family family like friends are kind of of always there. Um, Yeah, Um,
1: Amanda. I think that Carrie just gave me the opening I was looking for, which is she was talking about living uh, on or in a military base or community. I want to ask you, I guess, maybe one or two things about starting a business. You alluded to this earlier, but uh, help us to understand a little bit better I know that here in the United States, just starting a business, even if you know what you're doing, sort of, uh, it's pretty complicated, and I just can't imagine how complicated it is when you are uh, in a place that is is not the United States, and I also want to ask about the credential of the doula. Now, I am highly aware that for the IBCLC, the International Board Certified Lactation Consultant, her certification goes literally all over the world. So she doesn't have to worry about if she's stationed in North Carolina and then she's stationed in Missouri. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. But how does that work for the doula? And give us a little glimpse of the whole bit about being in a different country, being the business person for base overseas most bases require to have a base
3: business license okay um, you have to submit that to your command they have to sign up on the paperwork there's a lot of footwork involved and then you turn that into your base that you are living on and they approve whether or not you are allowed to run that business on base that okay. is a, yeah yeah so um i there are a couple duty stations uh and these are details I don't know too much about, but they, it's called a status forces agreement. And there may be, like in Italy, there there are some duty stations where they make it very, very difficult for military spouses to have base businesses
1: because they don't want you to compete with the local community. But you could establish in the community outside of the base, right? Or no? I did.
3: Uh, no, now, for, for I did over in Japan, because okay. the rules over there were different, when in other countries, it oh, you know, may be a little bit more difficult. What Got I it. did off base for my own business, off base, the Birth Education Center of Okinawa, I actually had some very good local Okinawan friends that I partnered with in Got business. It.
1: Got, oh, that's that's so- where the
3: Japanese side came in. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, right. So I'm thinking. Well, there's something that people listening need to know if they want to do this, which is partner with the whoever's the Japanese or whoever. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So if you have somebody that is
3: willing, you know, very well that is willing to go into business with you out in the local community, that may be an option. Uh, I know there's other ways going about it, but for me, that's what worked. Just having that relationship with um, some of my local Japanese friends and counterparts, I was able to uh, get that started
1: in Okinawa. And how does the uh, the the certification work? I know that both of you are certified through DONA, but uh, can you go from state to state with that or from country to country? Does it work like the IBCLC or does it work more like something else? Uh, yes,
3: it does. It will, donut, donut International, we have, we'll go wherever you go. The base does, over in Okinawa, they did require us to at least see our certification. Like, we took a training in this, so uh, we, we didn't, you know, if you, you had to have taken some sort of training, whether it was online or in person.
1: So... That's, but yeah, it will follow us around the world. Okay, it will follow you, yeah, because the IBCLC works that way as well. And Amanda, also, you mentioned earlier about, um, I'm not quite sure what your word was, but somehow getting with the hospital. How do you? Can you give us some examples of how you were able to help the hospital to realize what you do? Did you just walk in and ask to see the CEO? Or uh, I doubt that. But what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what, what did what did you do to come across as helpful, credible, all that? What did you do? Where did you start?
3: Well. I I did go to the labor and delivery floor when I initially got overseas, and I asked to sit down with the department head and share with him about what a doula does. Yeah, and that, how was that it, it, received? Not very well. That would be my <laughs> guess. Yeah, that be it was not guess. very well. It, it took time. It was a process. like it. it was a learning process. It was a lot of growth. There was a lot of... I think misunderstandings in the beginning, but uh, over time, I'm one of those people, I'm like, you know what, I'm staying within within my uh, practice, my code of ethics, my standards of practice, and so when I go to the hospital, I'm there to show them, I understand that I'm on their territory, but also helping the families communicate and letting them and the staff see how I'm there to help and not... um,
1: Not take over their job.
3: Yes. Yeah, so that took time. That took uh, some building that relationship with these, uh, you know, nurses and the corpsmen and the hospital staff to help them finally see, like, man, you
1: know, this is this is a asset. I was Not- just gonna say that, you know, when I was a really young nurse, I felt that I had the time and energy and hopefully expertise to give outstanding support to the laboring woman. What happened was that I eventually realized that I really didn't have that kind of time. Everything has become so technical and so, uh, I don't know. I remember my friend Debbie saying, bedside nursing is exactly that. And I was thinking, yeah, well, how do I get away from the machines and back to the bedside? But mm-hmm. if you're the doula, you actually have that opportunity. So, yeah, wow. And, yeah, uh, yeah that, that's just, yeah. that's great. It was a lot of work. It was it yeah. was a lot
3: of work. And, unfortunately, coming here, now having to get back into the hospital, uh, there are a lot of providers being that Navy Marine Corps that were overseas because it was a Navy hospital that are now over here. As the providers, there's a lot of nurse midwives and a few uh, doctors, OBs that are now here and nurses. So it's nice having that familiar face uh, going I up there that. when I do here at the military base. But uh, we're still, this is such a huge base here. There, there's still a lot of work that needs to be done. And uh, it's it really does. It takes building a team of people going in and doing this together and just... Sure. Helping these families out and, and advocating for doulas.
1: Um, for both of you, before we go, because uh, it is going to get time to go here pretty soon, uh, please tell us about some resources. If I am the military spouse and I am pregnant, uh, what do I need to be looking at or seeking out as a resource other than the two of you? Well, uh, definitely check out the Military Birth Resource Network because that grew
3: out of our private organization, the Japan Birth Resource Network. And we're definitely working to provide resources for military families around the world, whether it's birth doulas, postpartum doulas, IBCLCs, chiropractors. We are a membership-based organization, nonprofit organization, so uh, we do have that as an option for family, uh, not families, but for providers when they, if they're interested about joining. But it is for, it is free to the military families. Now I'm not talking free as in, you know, like it is free for them
1: to go on there and look. Everybody has their own business and how they see that, see fit for it to be around. Oh, but, I see. It, it is free in the sense of it provides the information, but you've got to pay your own bill to the whatever. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sure. I get that. Okay,
2: Um, Carrie, anything that you want to add there? Yeah. So uh, for resources on the postpartum side, you know, I would say, take a look at every installation and, and if you're, if you're remote and not near an installation, um, there could still be something nearby. So one of the biggest places to check is you could, you could always start your search with military one source um, that can start pointing you into some directions and you could, you could look, you know, look up baby related, look pregnancy related, all those search terms are, um, will, uh will result in something. So, you know, if you have nowhere else to start, go to military one source. Uh Uh, If you're close to a base or an, installation um there's usually a like a bundles for babies there's some sort of prenatal class that will help give you some resources um for just kind of safety how to say how to be safe with your baby Uh, most installation hospitals will offer some sort of classes too, be it breastfeeding or newborn care or something like that. Um, and then for the Army, again, Army Community Services, I know for the Air Force, it's the Family Readiness Center, Family oh, uh-huh. AFC, AFC, something like that. So community uh-huh. centers also offer a similar type thing. Uh, so reach out to those no matter what branch you are, they'll service you.
3: Right, That's right, and I do want to add like there's Postpartum Support International, and there's even oh, right. the uh, the Women's Veteran Call Center for postpartum support. There, there are a lot of resources. Just sometimes you have to do a little digging. Yeah,
1: yeah, and you know what? There's one more resource that I want to add, and that is when Carrie and I did an episode together. Uh, Carrie, I'm not even sure I told you this. <laughs> uh, we created, uh, I created or with Carrie's help. Uh, a uh, downloadable checklist that you may find helpful, and you can get that from mariebiancuso.com. Uh, it's not genius, but it's absolutely helpful, and all of these resources that these very experienced, very knowledgeable women have, have mentioned are all worth checking out. Very good. It has been a day. Thank you so much to doulas Amanda Dodson and Carrie Horavich. Thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Marie. Thanks, Amanda. Thank you, Carrie. (laughs) All righty. And thank you to all of you who are listening. Be sure to stay with us forever, but certainly for next week. And in the meanwhile, remember, your baby was born to be breastfed. Have a great week.
0: Thank you for tuning in this week to Born to be Breastfed. Please join Marie Biancuso next Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, do its best for you and your baby.